0: is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Matt Grimm wraps up the final four verses of Psalm 19. Our discussion focuses on believers allowing the Word of God to do its perfect work in our hearts.
1: Welcome back to the Planted Podcast. How are you doing today, Thad? It's good to be here. I'm doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Again, Pastor Matt Grimm here with Thad Keenel at Cornerstone Church in Brighton, and we have been working our way through Psalm 19 as we conclude kind of our first podcast series here of Planted as we have been focusing on uh, the Word of God uh, its, it's uh, trustworthiness, its necessity, and how it helps us grow, how the Holy Spirit uses it in, in leading us into salvation and growing in the faith. And so the last few times here we've been looking at Psalm 19, and I think we ended about verse 10 last time. But just to to look back on it, you, to kind of review um, this section here where we've been on the law of the Lord, uh, there was this, uh, in in verses 7 to 9, we have this you know great example of Hebrew poetry of parallelism, where we have in these three verses um, we we see the, the Word of God described with a noun in, e, in each verse, and then that noun is, is given an adjective to describe it, and then each each one has a corresponding verb that talks about that. and so um, in these three verses they're they're couplets, and so there's actually six of six of of them except. Except in verse nine, the last one really doesn't have another verb. It just it just talks about it being um, righteous altogether. So, uh, but yeah, it's just very interesting. I think it's a, just a great way to talk, great example of Hebrew poetry. But but in that we see that it, it is is really highlighting the nature of the Word of God, which we talked about last time, and it's helping the believer um, in. So many ways, reviving our soul, making wise the simple, rejoicing the heart, enlightening the eyes, all the enduring for all these all these things that in the end, here in verse ten, which I think is where we ended last time, that it's 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 more desirable than gold, it's more desirable than than the drippings of a honeycomb. It is you know you think of the best thing that you would ever eat, the best menu you would ever have, right the it's the word of God is better than that for us. Think about whatever security you might find in money or gold or possessions, the security that we have with God's word is going to be even better than any of those things.
0: Right, right. It's just, it's uh, taking it to the superlative of uh, of purity, of worth, mm-hmm. you know, of worthiness, right. of, uh, of brightness,
1: of everything that uh, is, is good, just like the light pierces through the darkness. Right, right. And so then, as as he comes to that conclusion, David does here. We see then in verse eleven, he says, "Then, moreover, by them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward." So so he goes on for saying how valuable it is, you know, in, in those senses. But now he says that it, it serves as a warning. Now it's interesting. We, you and I, we were just looking at this <laughs> Hebrew word for warned, and tell us a little bit about it, Um, Thad.
0: Well, just as I like to find out what the word definitions are, because we're reading an English translation of original Hebrew, and so we want to find out what it is saying in the original language. And so when I looked up the word warned, it it, talked about a warning. It talked about having admonition, but Mm -hmm. then it gives this uh, word of being uh, just to to shine or Mm -hmm. shine. And it was like to send out a light to be shining. And that was really impressed upon me coming off the heels of Pastor Wine's message of our theme of shine for the next uh, several weeks here, where like a lighthouse, it shines as a warning to ships out on the sea, right? Yeah. And so in that aspect, it makes it really clear that it could be that word
1: yeah depending on when you get to listen to this podcast that, that as we're recording it, we're currently in this shine series and it's it's just it is very interesting that 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 word that can be translated depending on context as shine or is used in that sense here is being translated as warning in other places as well but um I just hear from the um the dictionary the the Hebrew dictionary here as it talks about it as a warning um when it, when it's when it's used in the in the sense of sign, of shine it could, it's something to be showing prominence or or things like that uh, or something that has a high status but when it's talking about warning or take warning to give warning it says to dissuade tell one of a future happening which is dangerous and having consequences applying a future event may change in some way based on contingent present behavior all these kind of things but there's this this sense that the consequences, right, that really struck out to me too, this warning of consequences. And we see that all over the Word of God, right? If we think, especially as the prophets apply the Torah to the people of, 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 of Israel, it always comes with a warning, right? If you're not keeping the Torah Right, if you're not keeping the law, these instructions, because you're to be witnesses and priests to the nations of who God yeah. is, you know, God's going to do something about it right here. Yeah. And so he says, by them your servant is warned. And, and and it just struck me that I think that for myself, at times in, in my Western evangelical Christian world, you know, I can see... Um, you know, I, I can be very conscious at times to try not to just make the word of God about rules, right? We want to be careful; we don't want to be legalists, right? And so, so we want to talk about God's word as how it lifts us up, it builds us up, it it's great, it leads us into all these things and and all this stuff. But but as if it's doing that, it's also going to be warning me. And sometimes we don't want to necessarily talk about the warnings,
0: right? Right? Yeah, but that, I think that, we that can understand that, that in a sense, um, even our. in in life today, if we come into an intersection that gets too busy or it's a problem intersection where it's dangerous before too long, they're going to throw up a flashing yellow, you know? And so we understand now when we're pulling up, hey, there's, this thing's flashing. This is a, this is a a busy intersection. Um, And then they'll go all the way to the full stop sign. But uh, the other thing that is very common in in the biblical world is that we have a word that can stand for two different things. Uh, like for example, it can be a warning, mm-hmm. but we're also to be a light into the world. What is that? Well, we're to shine the light of God that shows right. truth. So it has two aspects to it. Almost right. like the word of God is like a double-edged sword.
1: Oh yeah. Interesting. It kind of is in, in that way. Um, and, and, but I think that what's cool about that, you know, that double-edged, the, the the two sides of it still kind of can drive a little bit to the same point because There is something good about warnings. Right. Right? Warnings are there for the good of who you're trying to warn. And sometimes, you know, on on the people who have this negative view of the Bible or Christian or the rules or these things, oh, you're keeping me from this and you're keeping me from this. But what if those things are actually going to harm you? Right. Right? What if those things that actually you think at the time look good actually are going to bring death and destruction and, and evil? Uh, and, and have ripple effects in your life that if you could avoid them, right, right, wouldn't you like to avoid them? And I'm, I'm sure there are many of us who would like. Gosh, if I would have known this ahead of time, right, or if I would have heeded the warning, then I, it could have caught. It could have prevented five, seven, ten years of of suffering, right, right, yeah. or or a broken relationship, or you know, or so forth. And and so, um, and so, therefore, the counter to that is. Your servant is warned, but in keeping there, there is great reward. There it is, right, right
0: there. Yeah. So it, as it goes out as a as a warning, mm-hmm. um, as a as a flashing light, um, it's a protection
1: yeah. me-
0: mechanism, right. right? So it goes forth in protection, and uh, if you obey uh, or or obedient to the light or to the word of mm-hmm. God, uh, then you're going to have reward as opposed to the warning, not being there to take away fun, but to protect you from the penalties of your sin. Right. Right. And that's, uh, that's a big thing. Cause uh, you know, when you just, for example, when you're a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. you think, Oh mom, you don't want me to do that. Cause you're just trying to not let me have any fun, mm-hmm. but you know, you go and do that and you get hurt. Right. So the, right. Uh, you know what you, you disobeyed and now you're going to pay the piper for, for your <laughs> disobedience. And, uh, in a parallel yeah. aspect, uh, we're dealing with spiritual matters here, but, right. you know, it's still a very good example of, of well, how it, it works. Well, it is because
1: also, as we've, as we've discussed uh, other times, too, that Romans says God handed them over to their to their desires, right? So some of his judgment, yeah, there's going to be a judgment day one day yeah. in the end, but there's also judgment we experience now because God has us experience the consequences of our actions, too, right? right. Which is a judgment on us. Uh, and so, which which I think is a good segue here to verse 12, as it says, who can discern his errors, declare me innocent from my hidden faults. Um, who can discern his errors? That's a great question, David. Who it, can discern his errors? It
0: is a question, and I like to think that I'm smart enough to do this myself, but uh, <laughs> the idea here is that I'm not. right. Right. I can't i don't understand some of the things that i do you know or i'll look back and say okay that was a silly thing to do that was a sinful thing to do mm-hmm. and uh and sometimes uh we'll go on in ignorance and continue to be disobedient even you know right and uh and here we need well, we need something from the outside yeah, to, to help us right. with that and it's
1: interesting here that as i as i looked up the Hebrew for this word it's error lapse mistake this word kind of has the connotation of of something that's not necessarily willful or intentional, but it is caused by ignorance or possibly inattention, right? And so that, I can see that, you know, with that, I mean, that's something that, you know, we say, oh, humans do that all the time, right? Right. But yet it's still wrong. Right. It is. <laughs> right? It, it, it is. Um,
0: because um, uh, here's a question for you in our legal system. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know that it's wrong to do something down the, when you're driving down the street, if you... If if you're not aware that that's illegal, can the cops still give you a
1: ticket? <laughs> Ooh, this is convicting. This this actually happened to me pulling out of the church parking lot about four months ago. What was <laughs> oh, <is> that right? <laughs> I, 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 there was a line of cars coming, but I had space to pull out. And so as I'm pulling out the entrance, I don't come to a complete stop. I just kind of roll and turn and go. And, and all of a sudden, it just happened to be the first one in line or second was... A police officer. So the lights go on, and he pulls up behind me. I'm like, "Oh, I guess he wants to pull me over." So Um, I pull. So I pull into the school parking lot, and um, and he comes. He goes. He goes. He goes. Do you know why I pulled you over? And I didn't. I didn't know. And he goes. He goes. You did not come to a stop pulling out of the driveway. And he goes, "When you that's you know there's no stop sign there, but it's it's the law that you're supposed to come to a complete stop when you pull out of a, a." a public parking lot. Sure. And, and I'm like, Oh, I guess I missed that one on the driving <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, now thankfully he just gave me a warning. Right. But, but yeah, it was one of the thing I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Right? Yeah. But yeah. it was, but, yeah. So that's you, a great example. Yeah. You're still He's, responsible for yeah. it.
0: And uh, one of the other uh, definitions that I saw for um, his errors in this verse mm-hmm. 12, in the beginning of 12 a here is it does say negligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. in the in, in the same aspect that could be with a little bit of ignorance behind it not just right. just not knowledge but we're responsible right. as 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 human beings to obey the creator even in his general revelation that he's yeah. given to us.
1: Right. Yeah. And so he says declare me innocent from my hidden faults. He knows that that he needs that and, and those hidden faults need to be exposed. That's part of our growing up in 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 Christ growing up in the faith is we want those hidden things Shown to us, right, and that's why I think in First John one it says, you know, if you say you're without sin, right, um, you're you're making God out to be a liar. That we all have things to confess. There's never a time in our life when we're gonna we're gonna reach some level of perfection, right? Um,
0: so why is it in my person that I want to kind of hold this stuff in? Sometimes I like I don't want this to get out. You know? Yeah. Why right. Why do I do that and carry that with me sometimes?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Tell, confess here to us. <laughs> no, I, well, for me, I, I think some of it is there's always a level of pride within me that, that makes me want to save face, right? That I don't want to feel shame or an insecurity within that I want people to always think the best of me, right? And it's not necessarily because I'm concerned about God's glory, <laughs> but it's just I'm concerned. Now, at times I can be, right? Right. Um, but other times it's just because I don't want to look bad. Right. Right, but um, this is
0: why it's important to have um, a confidant in the, in the faith, right yeah, to have right. an accountability partner That's to right. be able to share things with that, hey, you know what I really messed up. Can you hold mm-hmm. me accountable to this? I don't want right. to go through this again. And uh, I think uh, an example of what that might feel like when we come forth is we we know uh when we were children, when we did something wrong, we might hold that back from telling the truth. Mm-hmm. We might even lie to our parents for a while. But the moment that we come through and, and, and tell the truth, there might be a little bit of punishment right. behind that, but there's reconciliation right. as well. And so we feel that comfort and that burden lifted yeah. through um, the light being shined right. upon that.
1: And I think, too, what—and I find, too, especially with the millennial generation and, and on down, and even—I would even say mine—I'm a Gen Xer. You know, even, even mine, I think, too, is what I'm thinking here is as a teacher— as a teacher, if I'm teaching or preaching, I don't want, I, want, I don't want people to find something out of it because I want them to respect me and listen to my teaching and so forth. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, but I also find that for those generations that if I do step out and become vulnerable and share something that I've struggled with or, or something, that actually I, I find that it actually gives me more credibility with the gospel you know, because that, cause, because, because I'm showing that I do rest on God's forgiveness, right. and that I do this, and if, and if I, if I'm caught hiding something, right, that's going to be worse. Than actually coming out and and just confessing it, right? Right, right. right. And it I, makes it, you
0: it makes you a less effective witness if you're if you're concealing it and get found out as opposed to you know, right, exposing yourself. Right. And, and I think that's what we do when we teach and and preach mm-hmm. or whatever. We talked about this before right. that we want the Spirit to go ahead and even if we say something wrong if it's incidental or or yeah. not not on purpose that we want the Holy Spirit to guide and direct truth, um, to the listener. Right. And you know what was interesting? I was looking at the beginning of that verse because we were mm-hmm. talking about the uh, the concealed faults, but right. the word "cleanse" in the beginning there. Um, when I looked that up, it says to unpunish. Hmm. Interesting. And that's that's different than you think of, of being cleansed. You kind of think of of right. of, of just dirt or, or or the grime part of it being clean, but uh, to say unpunish right. is another sense of relief. Right. It's another redemption process.
1: Right. Well, that's why you have the New King James, right? Yes. And so that says cleanse. It's Essentially, the ESV here is declare me innocent. Oh, good. Right. So I think it's getting to that connotation, maybe a little bit more. Right. That the unpunished is to declare innocent. Right. right? I mean, in, what's the New Testament word we use for that? Right. Is justify. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is to be declared right, right. You know. Absolutely. And so um, to in that and I like that whole idea of that's kind of to unpunish someone. You're you're up on the stand. You you have every right to be punished, but but instead, someone comes in and says, "Oh no, actually, you're declared righteous, and so we get unpunished." Right, <laughs> and and for
0: the listener, just so you know, right. when we use the words uh, justified or righteous, those are the exact same word. Um, yeah. It has to do with the law, and it has to do with things that are right. that are upright. So we could just as easily, instead of saying we've been justified, we've been. R- We've been seen as righteous, yeah. Declared we're righteous, declared righteous, yes, and yeah. so those go together.
1: Right. They do, yeah. In, in the yeah, that's now we're getting into the New Testament Greek, but that that is that's that's exactly uh true. Uh And so it's really interesting it, to ever like see some passages where there's you know you see righteousness and justification, like some Romans five I'm thinking of in places where it's like, and you see it in the Greek. It's this it's this word dikaisuno, right? And you just see it in dif- different tenses and ver- and right. and um. The and all this stuff that it's just over and over again. You know, it just jumps off the page, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, but a little bit of a of a sidetrack there, but but it does have to do with this because that is what we all need, right? Um, we need that, and we need the Word of God to help us see that. Well, wait right? a minute.
0: So, in, in in our lives, are you saying that if if we do something wrong, that we can't do ten things on our own that are good things to to right the ship?
1: right i mean we we have to um, well if god had set it up that way maybe but but his holiness his otherliness which is pure and undefiled going back to the whole light shining right we know that god is pure light you know there's no darkness in him at all mm-hmm. nothing can defile him and 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 as we see in the old testament sacrificial system and and the, the holy of holies, anything that comes into his presence that is defiled will just be destroyed, mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, You know, um, I can't remember if I've said this on here before. I used to say that sin can't be in the presence of God, or God can't be in the presence of sin, but instead I now say sin can't be in the presence of God. Right, <laughs> right? yeah. He right. gets destroyed, because God actually did find a way to be in the presence of sin in, in Jesus. <laughs> right, yeah, I heard, and I heard right? a good
0: parallel um, that um, goes along with what you just said, um, in the same way that um, God can shine His light on, mm-hmm. on sin without being affected by God, is the same way that the sun can shine on garbage, hmm. you know, and right. not be affected by the garbage. It just shine. It just right. exposes the garbage for what it is. Right,
1: and you stick it out there long enough, it's going to kill all the bacteria <laughs> and everything in the garbage. <laughs> it sure right, will. The, the, the light will purify. <laughs> you know, will will purify. I remember that's what we when by, when I was little, growing up. We know if there was something moldy. You know, like a piece of fabric that my mom would wash it with me, all that stuff, but then she'd hang it out in the sun. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the sun would take care of it, but anything that anything else didn't.
0: Right, you put it in a dark corner, and it's going to come right back. Right.
1: Yep. Um. So, it, so there we have verse twelve. The heirs is 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 more the sense of something that maybe you weren't fully cognizant of. You were negligent in some way. You or it was a mis- could be even be mistaken in it but verse 13 says you know there's a whole other there's a whole other category as well right <laughs> so yeah he says keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me um so i'll just stay with that first part what is how does the new king james have have verse 13 it's exactly it?
0: the same so okay. keep, keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins okay
1: Right, so here we have sins that you're that you're we're knowledgeable of. This is this is like um uh you know, I, I know my wife asked me not to Eat that dark chocolate that she was saving for herself and left out. There. She said, "That's mine." And and that's knowing that she said, "Don't do that." And I and I still go and grab it and eat it anyway. Mm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know? and it's kind of
0: a good example because there is wrath to be faced. If you yes, do that. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs>
1: yes, there is. So, um, yeah. So this is the, those willful sins that we know that we know. Um, and so what's so. Cool about David, I think here is he knows this about himself. Not as he know that he has hidden faults, right? That he that he needs to be forgiveness from, and he wants exposed. But he um, with those warnings, yeah, right? right? But he also he also knows that he um, that he he has done he he has the capacity to do this. Now knowing David's life, right. We know that he actually did this, right? We have right. Psalm fifty-one. You know, he's asking to be created clean heart because he sinned against God by sinning against his his fellow man. Um, you know, with Bathsheba. But because, uh, it, but it's very interesting. I thought the second part is his "Lest they have dominion over me." Mm. What is that? That's a that's a powerful image of of something having dominion over us. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So that's that to me. That's when something rules over mm-hmm, you, right? That, right. That it's a controlling mechanism. If right. You, if you if you give into it, if you're not withholding from it, then right. it's going to rule your life.
1: Yeah, and it it makes me think of Jesus when he's being tempted in the desert, right? That he he does he he knows the best way to, to not do these things is to quote. Is to quote the word of God, and so each of his temptations, right? He quotes the word of God so that because he knows that that that's what's going to keep anything from ha- having dominion over him, because it's actually the very thing that Satan at the end is is offering him is is say, I'll give you all this stuff, right? I'll give you all these kingdoms, but basically you have to acknowledge me as the one who has Right, dominion. right. And right. the word
0: that David is using there for presumptuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we understand what that word is, but it has along with it um, arrogance and pride. Mm. And pride is the root of of, of sin in our lives, yeah. right? When we right. when we take into account our own right. our, our own hands and uh, decide what we're going to do for ourselves, yeah. and so he's asking the Lord to keep him from that. Literally, hold me back, right? You know. And we were talking about this in class uh, just the other day uh, in regard to um, hardening of Pharaoh's heart. Mm. And I asked the class, I said, what are the descriptions or the reasons given for for the hardening of Pharaoh's heart? And mm-hmm. the first one was that heart that Pharaoh would harden his own heart, but the other one says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And mm. so I said, that sounds kind of weird that God would actually be proactive in, in hardening Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. But going to uh, looking at this verse here, mm. um, I changed that in description or definition saying, well, maybe instead of God... Um, being proactive in hardening Pharaoh's heart. Maybe what he's been doing the whole time is holding back uh, Pharaoh from being as evil and as wicked as he actually could be. Mm. And then he just releases a little bit of that yeah. back over to him. I don't, right. I don't know if I described that properly to you just now or not, but that's uh, uh, there. once again, the Lord has the right and the ability to withhold people from sin, and he can do it with wicked people, but we're asking Him to do it in our lives because we want to serve Him righteously. Right,
1: right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he says then, after that, not having dominion, He says, then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Um, and so, to me, this is, it, it's it's relating a little bit to, to a little bit when we talked back about the law of God being perfect and renew reviving our soul, making us, um, you know, that the the role it plays in in our development and in helping us in our character and all those all those things. And here he's asking, right, to to for protection. I, I think of the the Lord's Prayer: "Lead me not into t- temptation, but deliver me from evil." Mm, right. Yeah. And 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 so that's kind of like that first part: "Keep your servant from presumptuous sins; let them not have dominion <clears throat> over me." But for what reason, right? The reason here is that he wants to be blameless. He wants to be, um, be in a state of never having or never no longer having guilt or blame or wrongdoing. Right. So that word right? blameless
0: has with it an end result of being finished, of complete.
1: Yeah, and we talked about that last time as it relates to the word perfect. That the mm. you know that that, that 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 sense that we want to get this sense of completion, that that of full maturity right and in order to do that we need to be not only we need to be growing in what God wants but that we need to be held back from doing those things we don't want to do or that we want to do that we shouldn't do uh, as well
0: right and that um scripture i don't know if this is the one that we were talking about but in mm-hmm. 2 Timothy 3:16 um when we talked about the scripture of God being right. breathed out yeah. um and that it's profitable for teaching reproof for correction and for training in righteousness there's mm-hmm. righteousness yep. right uh, that the man of God may be complete, yes, right, equipped, thoroughly equipped for right. every good work, yeah. so um, perfected, blameless, and this is what the this is what the goal is mm-hmm. being performed by Christ, but being lived out by the believer,
1: right, right. And so I I, I like that that it's you know it, it's sometimes used to bring an activity to a successful end, you know, in in that sense. Um, <clears throat> I, I, it makes me think too of. of you know, Jesus on the cross, he says, it is finished. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Um, he His his mission was clear. He was faithful to the end. And I think that's, you know, that um, we need protection from God. We need his help and strength to keep us from wrongdoing so that we can be faithful to the end. Right? That is our goal. And, we, and the fact that David has that mindset, right, that he wants to be blameless. He wants to be innocent of, of great transgression. Right. Right. Um, is really is really good, and I, I didn't look this up. It'd be really interesting to know if he wrote this before or after the sin of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I didn't look. I didn't look into that either. But but, uh, but
1: yeah. we do know he has a psalm, you know, that, that shows what happens with that. But uh, but yeah, it, just that. That's I think that's when we get back to um, having um, David being describes a man after God's own heart, right? That, that this is coming out here. Right? And he can talk about it um, in this sense that having a, a man after God's own heart is, is that recognition, Lord, of what man's capable of. Right. right? Yeah. And he's wanting protection against that because his desire is to reflect God.
0: Right. And maybe you, you can explain this to the listener as well, uh, that when you talked about Jesus Christ saying, it is finished, his mm-hmm. work on the cross was done, and that we've been declared righteous mm-hmm there is a finality to that, right, for the believer. It, it's done. We'll never be more saved than we are at this particular moment, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we're sinless, right? But for some people, uh, especially new believers, or you, depending on your faith walk and your um, your time that you spend in Scripture, it feels like when you sin, you, you've you separated yourself from mm-hmm. God because we know that's what sin in it itself does. Right. But that's never true with the... with. The one that has true faith, right?
1: True, yeah, and I think that's why you know Romans one eight. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That that the payment He paid on the cross is for all my past sins and all my future sins. Now we think, oh, does that give me license to do what I want to do? Right? Right. By but no then, means, yeah. By no means. He he continues to say there in in Romans. So, um, but I think that's why we too I, we talked about this in one of our other episodes about the three aspects of our salvation. You know, we can say we are saved, and in that sense, we're justified. That's paid for. Um, and and my future sins as well, but I am being saved continually each day, and so we can pray this prayer, uh, this psalm at, with David, and saying, Lord, I I know those are paid for, but I don't want to keep doing that. I want to live out what my identity is. If I'm a saved, if I'm justified, and I want to be a witness to pro- and profess that faith to others, then um, yeah, I need to be humble and admit I'm a sinner. But at the same time, I don't want to continue in that path of sin. I walk in the same. Path that Jesus has walked. I'm to walk in the light, and so my life now should be characterized as a life of light. That um, yeah, I, I may stumble, and yes, I still confess sin. But if people were to look at my life, I hope they're seeing light and not darkness, right? And, and so that's the that's the, the the thing here that the accuser, the evil one, when I do mess up, when I do stumble, he wants to keep me down. He wants to keep me in the dark, right? And that's where I come back and I quote Romans eight and one to him, right? Right. And there's no condemnation. Right. And then I do it with a repentant heart that is changed in turns and doesn't want to keep doing that, right? And that's what I think is cool about this. Is, is, is David says, I don't, I don't want to keep. I want to be innocent. I don't want to have to do that, right? Right. So,
0: and I think that also shows the heart of the true believer. If you're mournful for your sin, um, right, and 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 you're penitent and you don't and you're trying not to you know, be swayed by your own lustful thoughts right. or your eyes, then that shows that your heart is in tune with the spirit, and right. you you guide and direct, and you don't want to over-condemn um, yourself. You don't want to leave yourself in this right. pity party that, ah, oh, I just blown it, you know. But recognize it, repent. and and move on being led by the spirit and hope that and pray don't hope because it's there for us that his light will shine and guide and direct us. And it goes back to Psalm one that we talked about walking in the paths of righteousness. It goes to the the Roman stuff. And today's Mm -hmm. in from uh, the Psalm 19 and even to your prayer on Sunday from first John.
1: Yeah, that's right. It is that that we, um, you know, we, we always confess our sins. We, we, God is faithful and just, and we we rest in that confidence, right? And then out of that speaking of the heart, I think that leads us right into the end of our psalm here in verse fourteen, where with that heart he said, he says, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my salvation." Mm. It's interesting here that this word acceptable is 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 also used of of sacrifices to the temple oh. that there are acceptable sacrifices, right? They're without blemish. They're, they're they're in in essence these blameless animals, right? Are coming and they are acceptable before the Lord. And that's the heart that we that we bring to God. That He wants the meditation of His mouth and the meditation of heart to be that same kind of thing. And that you know that makes me think again back to Romans twelve. We've talked about mm. this again, right? Yeah. That that we bring our whole self as an offering to God. And as we do that, our minds need to be transformed, and we need to be. Um, we need we need the word of God to to help lead us into all that complete um, perfect will that that is needed for that right uh, and so so yeah even David here knows that his whole life needs to be an offering right the meditations of his mouth and the uh, 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 the words of his mouth the meditation of heart need to be acceptable in the sight of of his Savior
0: right and uh, to be acceptable in your sight the mm-hmm. word sight there I looked up mm-hmm. that word as well. And it's, it's talking about being in His presence, yeah, and um, in, in, in in front of His face, yeah. You know, that's a it's
1: a big right idea. It is. Well, that's and we've talked about this, I think, before, whether in classes or at the podcast. That that whole idea of of the of the tabernacle and then mm. the temple was so that God's presence could be with His people, right? And so God's desires for us to be in His presence, and and that's what the the, the great I benefit of being a New Testament believer, right, is that, that we're it's no God no longer resides in a temple, but he actually says that he comes and dwells with us. You know, just as Jesus came incarnate and dwelled with us, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. Mm. Or we, have a, we have a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance is the very presence of God with us. And so um, how much more, if we know that the presence of God is with us by the Spirit, should we want to be kept from presumptuous sins? Should we want those hidden faults to be revealed, you know, should we want to have that pure undefiled fellowship that is available to us all the time through the Spirit, that we wouldn't hinder that, we wouldn't grieve that, uh, we wouldn't quench the Spirit, but we would walk in it at yeah, all times, Yeah, and walk in the right? promise
0: that if He's with us, that He'll never leave us yeah. or forsake us, and that's right. what Christ meant. I mean, there's yeah. the, he's, he's with us here and now, regardless right. of where we are, we don't have to go to a building to experience right. Christ and, and, and the presence of God.
1: Yeah yeah but we're still encouraged to do gather with the people of god right, right? because and in in the shine series we' we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit in some of the video devotionals if any of if you do that 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 there's something about being a city on a hill right it's like this collective light that we all collectively come together and when we collectively come together, the light shines even brighter right, and so we have the light within us, but there's something about gathering together with God's people, having, like you said, an accountability partner, but also just others together, whether it be a small group, whether it be a class, whether it be the Sunday worship service, when we gather together, our light shines brighter. Mm. And so, sure. um, so yeah, uh, I think just to close up this kind of series we've done here on, on God's Word and, and being planted and now here, you know, seeing um, just the benefits of the Word and growing in that and the, that... Really, there's this connection that even goes back to, as we talked about, the role of the Holy Spirit in illuminating the Word of God to us and and so forth. There's this um, connection between the presence of God, this relationship with God that we have, very personal, very intimate, that even indwells us by the Spirit. But it's never, it, we don't have to divorce that from the Word of God, that actually they go together, they work together right here. And here in this psalm, we see that the, it's, it's the Spirit uses the Word, and we still need to get planted. Right. We still need to take that time to meditate mm. on the Word of God, and it's by meditating on His Word and knowing His law and knowing His precepts, right, that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be correct, right? right. How do we test whether my heart's right or the, the, my meditation of my mouth is correct, we can always go to the revealed Word of God and see, does it line up?
0: Right. If you're going to have communion with God, it's got to be two-way communication, right? right? And right. that is revealed to us by His Word, as you said. And so yeah. we take that with us, and we encourage the listener to um, to spend time in the Word, really every day, to to hear from God and to then take that with you. That's when it gets in our hearts, and we meditate That's on it, right. and it becomes part of our being. Yeah. and uh that's the growth that, that we that we long for, yeah. to be more like Christ.
1: Amen. And that's our prayer, right? And we pray that just with uh, with Paul in Ephesians, right, as he prays that we would have the strength together with all the saints to comprehend just how wide and high and deep and long is the love of Christ, right? right. And so, um, and then earlier in, in chapter 1, he, he prays that the, the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, right, that they would know the truth of the gospel. And so that's what we want. And and we know that... that um, that we—that's our prayer that, that we would all know that, and we—it's our prayer that we would go to the Word of God, which clearly teaches it to us. And so, uh, hope you've enjoyed this uh, this first series we've had on Planted. Well, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I have great. too. It's been great. We've, it's uh, been good for Thad and I, at least, and hope <laughs> hope it's good for you. And we'll be back again with our second series uh, um, as we continue to call it the Planted Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Good night.
0: Well, that ends our first series in Planted. We hope you'll join us next time as we let the Bible guide us in yet another topic. Planted is a Cornerstone EPC production connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. For more information, you can find us at cornerstonebrighton.com.